have to be very careful. Data allows us to use our resources smartly, but we have to be careful that we don't lose authenticity. So I think it is still important that clubs do what they do best which is provide that local flavor and that really welcoming, fun experience in the ballpark, regardless if a fan shows up as needing that white glove service. It's not just about the data, it's about the people. But what the data helps us do is get better at that job. What is working? Who do we need to engage with? that might be missing the message. How can we super serve and surprise and delight our fans on a continual basis and use those resources smartly to do so? Katie Davison is the Senior Vice President, Digital Strategy and Business at Minor League Baseball, an organization that's in charge of 14 leagues and 160 ball clubs. Our conversation jumps from the need to storytell and better understand the fan to goat yoga at the park and the other brands in the market she admires. They stream nearly 6,700 live games a year. 6,700. And as you'll hear, they're investing in new technologies and content ideas to evolve with the future fan. I came over to minor league baseball um, in, in August of 17. And one of the first... Um, fan engagement activities that one of our teams had that caught caught my eye on the radar at that point was goat yoga. <laughs> Never heard of it before. It was everywhere. All of a sudden, we had a bunch of teams start doing it. It, it blew up across minor league baseball. Um, and I think it just represents, you know, we're, we're all about fun. Our teams are about having fun. Um, you know, embracing that in their parks and in the game. Um, and that's just an example of one of the, you know, one of the things that our teams will do. But we have so many examples across the 14 leagues. Um, that's what our teams are about. You know, that's part of the culture and identity of minor league baseball. Well, 14 leagues. So b- give me a ballpark. How many teams is that? So we have 160 teams oh. um, across our 14 leagues. Um, so we, you know, we're pretty busy. Yeah, it's incredible. I was at a game last summer in Frisco, Texas, and my my favorite part was the bullpen that sits in the stands in left field or I guess behind third and the foul yeah. pole and first in the foul pole. And it's like there's eight row of seats and then all of a sudden five rows of a bullpen and then seats behind it. I think it's an incredible opportunity. One that it's great for the interaction with the fans, but kind of a cool place for all sports to watch and and pilot programs and see how people are doing it. Not to mention the, uh, the lazy river there in Frisco. Yes. (laughs) No, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the access, I mean, that's what is so unique. I think about our sport is that it's not only a great place to bring, to bring families because there is so much fun and it kind of infused um, within the game and the activities, um, but it's also the access. Uh, you know, we, we've got an eight-year-old, and bringing him, he's been going to minor league baseball games um, since he was an infant, and just having that kind of access to players, um, to what goes on in a game, uh, it's really unparalleled. Mm. And, and you've got an interesting role from the digital side when – 
as you just talked about access and fun, every, so much is driven on the physical being of there. So talk about the role in the, in the digital space of building the brand, yet driving people to that f- physical experience, which is critical to the success. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I look at my role and really the role of the digital arm of minor league baseball um, kind of in three areas. And it's really for us the, the intersection of, of technology, um, content, and commerce. And that's really what I oversee in this, in this group uh, our responsibility back to our clubs and our fans is, and you know we from a from a content and even a platform perspective, it, it's interesting. I I kind of look at our job in some ways as easy as the script has sort of been written for us. You know we've got 160 of the best marketers in the country sitting at these clubs doing incredibly unique things. And, you know, it's our responsibility to find a way to build an engaging uh, connection uh, to their fans digitally. So how do we bring those things that they're doing so well in the physical space to life um, online, on the phone? Um, and, and that's really our job. And we're focused. We're, we've gone through an evolution over the past couple years um, as we think about those kind of three three areas of, of technology, content, and commerce, it's almost to some extent a three-legged stool. And, you know, if we don't invest enough in one or we're only focused in one area, you know, we become lopsided and it's not successful, we slide right off. Um, and so we've been really focused on building uh, building our resources. We've invested in technology rebuilt a lot of platform to give our clubs the tools in which to connect uh, connect with fans and do so in, in an authentic way, which then just kind of leads us to content. How do we invest in those resources um, from a national perspective, but then also give our clubs the tools? They're creating, a, you know, amazing content there locally, um, and the access that they have, you know, is, is pretty incredible. Um, so how do we bring those stories to life online? And that's really the job of, of this group within minor league baseball. And you talk about technology, and we, we're living in a time in 2020 when between private equity and venture capital and accelerators and venture studios, yeah. there's, there's more and more of these startups in the tech space around consumer and sports. I'm curious what either a company out there that you really like that's doing some great things with technology or just even, I guess, the categories of technology that you guys are keeping an eye on or you're starting to use at the park. Yeah, so... You know, when we think about technology, um, we've got from at least from our digital business perspective, we touch um, both the kind of um, website space, so their official sites, all the club's official sites, their e-commerce sites. Um, we do touch uh, some of the ticketing pieces too. So there's a lot of commerce and technology involved there. Um, and then we we obviously are very focused on fan engagement. Uh, our from our perspective, um, the missing piece, and and one of the areas that we're investing in, the missing piece is actually the data that takes all of those 
elements and stitches them together in a way that we can be all become uh, smarter marketers and, and provide our fans what they're already telling us they care about. Um, and so we've, we've partnered um, with a number of different companies to help us uh, bring more insights. Um, Octagon is one uh, to help us really kind of, you know, peel back the layers and, and understand our audience better. Um, but one company I will mention uh, that is is kind of an up-and-coming company, it's, their name is Stellar Algo, um, and they're really doing a good job. They're doing some, some really smart things in this space, looking at a ton of ticketing data, but then we're augmenting it with a lot of other digital data to really better understand um, the buying behavior um, of our fans and, you know, when we need to connect the sort of the physical resources, you know, when do we need to send somebody um, down to the stands and do have that white glove touch and that really unique access that minor league baseball brings? When, when do we know that we need to send those folks down to those seats and engage with that fan and that customer? And how can we be smarter um, about that with nearly 10,000 games, you know, that we play every year? Can, so that's can you get, what we're, can you get that, the areas we're Can you? Sorry, I totally interrupted. Yeah. There. Can you? Can is that something that technology can get tight enough where that white glove service is actually determined? You're in the second inning, and oh, we need to do that in the next ten minutes. Or is that more of you know the audience and who is in that seat before they walk in, and then you know what experience needs to be provided that evening. Yeah, I think we have to be very careful. Um, you know, we data allows us to use our resources smartly, but we have to be careful that we don't lose authenticity. So I think it is still important that clubs do what they do best, which is provide that local flavor and that really welcoming, fun experience in the ballpark, regardless if a fan shows up as needing that white glove service. It's not just about the data, it's about the people. Um, But what the data helps us do is get better at that job. You know, what is working? Who do we need to engage with? that might be missing the message? How can we super serve and surprise and delight our fans um, on a continual basis and use those resources smartly to do so? Hmm. What, what has surprised you the most about your fan? Uh, either a demographic profile that you did not expect uh, or, or different things they're just telling you about what they want uh, about the product? Yeah, we've done a lot of research specifically around our digital platforms to understand, uh, you know, who is who is coming to our sites and consuming content uh, in a digital format. And one of the things that I think if you were to come in and perhaps not have a lot of insight and experience in baseball, you might assume that, you know, digital platforms would skew very young. And one of the things that we're finding is while we do have uh, a younger audience than the the average fan um, in the park, uh, we skew younger, we actually are engaging with more of a baseball purist, slightly older, um, skews male audience. And that's one of the things that we are spending a lot of time trying to better understand. 
Um, you know, and I think it's a scenario of we have been focused for a number of years on on catering to the way people have always talked about baseball. You know, we've we've done a very good job reporting ba- baseball in our parks. Um, what we haven't, and you'll see us in the next 12 to 18 months really start to focus on, is how do we storytell? And it's it's different to tell a story than just to report. And that's where we'll start to put our resources. And our, our goal there is, to your point early on when you mentioned, you know, how do we bring the flavor and the culture that is experienced in the park online? I, I think that's one of the key ways we're going to do it. Um, and that really resonates with a younger, more diverse demographic than who we've been catering to before. Hmm. And do you notice that in these local markets that uh, are, are the brand build on an individual club level uh, more team or is it player? Or is it hard to do player because sometimes they're in and out of the club? Yeah. For the most part... Um, it's it's around team, not player. Um, it is difficult. Um, I mean, one one of the things that makes it exciting is that the players move, but um, it's difficult to you know put your entire marketing budget or you know marketing campaigns around a certain player and then have them move up, um, you know, the very next game. So we're not as focused on that. Uh, you know, the storytelling. There are some amazing stories that, you know, we can tell about our players. In fact, I think the stats, um, just over 20 players have gone straight to MLB uh, since, like, 1965 um, rather than going through minor league baseball. So you can think about all the players that have moved through minor league baseball, and, you know, we can report about their performance, but the incredible stories that they each have about their past um, through minor league baseball and t- even to minor league baseball. I think that's where the real gold is. And how about you personally as a fan? What what brand or team or league, inside sports or outside of sports, do you enjoy uh, or experience the digital experience? Somebody else that's figured it out really well and use them as a, a role model learning or just you think they've, they've figured out their audience? Yeah, um, we often talk here, and, and I personally like um, what the NBA has done, um, and we think about just the evolving um, communication and distribution of sport, and I think the NBA has embraced uh, personalities and their player personalities in a way that baseball's just beginning uh, to do, and so as we look at our business, and we're professional baseball. But as we talked at you know in the beginning, you know there's a there's a, there's an intersection of sport and entertainment in all of our clubs. You know there's a lot of personality and there is a lot of stories to tell. And I think the NBA is doing a good job of that. Um, another another brand that we talk about too, um, WWE. Again, think about sport and entertainment. You know, how have, how have they, I mean, they're creating storylines, um, but, you know, they do it in a way that, that reaches um, so many fans and gets them so engaged. I think there's, there's things that we can take. There's pages from those stories that we can take um, that have really resonated with audiences. 
WWE are the ultimate storytellers, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What about what about the second screen? Right, We talk about the second screen, and I don't know, we're probably into the third screen these days. But when people are in your parks, do you want them 100% devoted to the, the live experience? Or are you also trying to drive some second screen experience while you're there physically? Listen, we want them to pay attention to the game. I think the the question is really, the, or the answer there is, that's not the reality. Um, we have a ton, and this is around, this is not just minor league baseball, this is really all sport, is the second screen is present. So how can we provide an experience that, that amplifies what that fan wants to do on their phone while enjoying a game? And so we've... We've predominantly provided um, streaming services and and stats on our native product, um, but we're looking at ways where we can create more conversation and have um, more tools that are geared towards fan engagement to really augment the experience. It's not about creating a different place for them to be and not to pay attention to the game, but it's more about how do we augment that experience. Mm. And, and what are you guys doing digitally that you get the feedback from your fans that are saying, more, more, I like it, keep, keep putting fuel on this? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because we, while we're very focused on, you know, reaching different demographics, uh, ensuring that we're constantly engaging, you know, youth um, and giving them access and exposure to, to baseball, um, we know that we have rabid fans of that are that are real purists, mm-hmm. and we see so much traffic um, on our you know stats and rosters and folks who really want to dig into um, you know the, the details and want to see all that content. And so we know that we don't just have one audience; that we're really focused on how do we. How do we continue to serve um, a really loyal, passionate fan, but also uh, create content and create stories that are going to resonate with, you know, the the 12-year-old kid out there um, who who may just be experiencing experiencing baseball for the first time, you know, showing up on their social feed or being in front of them in a way that may be unique to that generation. Yeah, and you mentioned a few things there about knowing your fan and the purists. I imagine if you looked at your fan base, if, if I divided it into two, and, I'm, and you're going to tell me there's about 15 different profiles, not just two, but if <laughs> the, the ones that live within 10 miles of the park or 20 miles of the park that are, it's really their community team. And then the others that if it's affiliated with a professional club that are fans of the professional club, I'm curious, like, what the divide is there, and I imagine a different type of marketing experience to those different types of people. Absolutely. From a ticket buyer perspective, um, where our clubs are, are marketing to, you know, that, that kind of local drivable um, demographic, those folks are coming to the parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, see a, we, see, we do have an overlap in our digital audience, but we see folks that are paying more attention to, um, you know, the the prospects, or they're watching, they're signing up for affiliate news. 
um, they're looking at it from a different perspective. So whether they have a fantasy or they're involved in sports betting or whatever they may be doing, um, they're consuming content on our platform in a different way than the fans that are in, in the park. We have an overlap, but it is, it is a pretty distinct audience. Yeah, so stay there for a second. Two, two subjects we didn't even touch on, fantasy and sports betting. Uh, and I think about it more on the MLB level. Um, do yeah. you guys see that? Are you guys seeing that rise every day in the minor league parks too? Not in you the know, park, we, but I'm in terms of the games. Yeah, I think there's uh, overall, you know, a huge amount of attention being placed on on sports betting. Um, we're certainly paying attention to the space. We have decided, you know, not to jump feet first in for a variety of reasons and just concerns um, about maturation of the of the space and, um, you know, really policing it. That being said. What we do understand is there's still the interest there, and the interest in sports betting, even if even if we're not providing fans the tools to actually bet and we're not getting into that area, we do know that they're interested in understanding more about the prospects. They're interested. They're spending you know three times the amount of time on our stats page. Um, we're seeing that already, and so how do we cater as we think about you know, the, the storytelling that we're doing, how are we also catering to the fan who wants all the, all the details of a player, all the background, um, you know, for whatever they may be doing, whether it's fantasy, sports betting, you know, just, just uh, fun bets with their friends. Um, we see that. We see, we see an uptick in that content consumption. And crystal ball for me in closing here, two years out, five years out, what would be, what's the North Star that you want to get the league to? I'd really, I see our business, um, the digital business specifically, as a reflection or really should ultimately be a reflection of what's happening in our parks. So, I, you know, I would like to see us begin to engage uh, with a demographic that baseball needs, and that's diversity and youth. And where we're investing from a technology perspective, from a content perspective, is to grow in those areas to ensure, I mean, baseball, I, I kind of like it. Everybody jokes about baseball being, you know, the epitome of Americana, and I think that's very true. And what's really interesting is I think it can be the evolving Americana, it can be diverse. We just were actually announcing uh, tomorrow 92 uh, unique identities around our Copa de la Diversión, our Hispanic uh, marketing program, and it's been wildly successful. Um, you know, we our parks, our clubs are already finding ways um, to to diversify and make that engagement that much richer locally. And we need to be focused on reflecting that online. And so those that's where you'll start to see us evolve from a digital perspective. Um, we also stream, well, last year we streamed almost 6,700 live games. Um, and you'll see us begin to evolve um, our distribution too. You know, how do we, how do we continue to make access to our content 
that much easier so that new audience, youthful audiences, um, can begin to consume more and more of minor league baseball. And that's The Bond. See you next week.